Are you ready for this? Your boys are back. Showdog, Gola, and KG talking all things fantasy. It's Bad Dad Baseball. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Bad Dad Baseball. Follow us on Twitter at Bad Dad Baseball, also on Instagram. We had a big weekend of sports, uh, especially in the basketball world. Um, this on. weekend was the wager. Kev, how you feeling? Oh. It was tough, man. Really tough. Um, uh, to me, it's it's not even about like Coach K's final game, like by you know UNC beat them. It's just like the fact that Duke lost to UNC in the Final Four. That's I care more about than Coach K going out like that. Uh, but that was tough. I I don't have much to say. Yeah, Go, I'm I mean, sure I was, Gola has something to say. But. I, I'll get it in right before Fagola does. But I was with Kev this weekend, um, and you know that's what he he like said that all weekend. It wasn't about you know wearing the booty shorts, uh, or it wasn't about what shirt he has to wear. It was literally that he just wanted to beat North Carolina, and it's like makes him sick to his stomach. And I think that's what makes the rivalry so great is you hate the other teams. And you just love your team so much that it's it's like now it's going to be so hard to watch a national championship for you. I don't even know if I'm going to watch. Yeah. Painful. I, I like if if Duke was playing like Stanford in the final four, I still would have been fucking irate that they lost. You know what I mean? Like the fact that Duke made the final four and they lost, it sucks. But then you tack on that they lost UNC. It's just like multiplies that man times a million. And I feel like UNC fans are coming out of the woodworks. Like on on Facebook, these fucking guys have been hiding in rocks, and now I'm not saying this about Zach because he is a UNC fan, but mm-hmm. there's people that I didn't even know knew what a basketball was, and they're coming out as like UNC fans. And uh, do you even know what an assist is? Yeah. <laughs> what's your, what's your take? What's your take on it, Gola? He's he's waiting. Uh, you know, listen. Last night was absolutely fantastic so uh we're yeah we were all supposed to get together saturday i had a a little bit of a situation where i may have been exposed to uh covid at work or during the week so we i stayed home just in uh you know just just in case you know we all get a bunch of little kids so we don't want to run the risk of that so i actually facetimed kevin and andy and watched a game live with them and um it was the one of the best. I mean, it was the best basketball game of the tournament. I mean, it was absolutely insane. At the end of the game, everybody on both sides was just dropping their nuts on the table. So let's see who's got the bigger ones. And I mean, a difference throughout most of the game. I think everybody knows was William sat was on the bench most of the time. I think he's a huge huge factor on the inside. But um, I, I don't know. And the, we talked about this on the live stream. Refereeing was fucking dog shit both ways. Um, but it was just fantastic. Uh, it couldn't have been any better for me to watch Carolina knock him out. And then, obviously, once again, that classless university that Duke is, three-quarters of the fucking team walked off the court, didn't shake hands, mm-hmm. other than Wendell. Was it Wendell Brown? Is that his name? Moore. Yep. Wendell Moore Jr. He was the only one that sat in mm-hmm. line and shook everybody's hand because he's an actual gentleman, other than motherfucking scumbags who walked off the court. So, you know, I mean, it was, it's just typical um, of a Coach K, Coach team, guys just making it about themselves. They learn from the best because he, you know, makes everything about himself. So it's fantastic. I mean, Carolina, Coach K lost his very first game. He ever coached 
two all in at Duke to North Carolina. He lost his final game at Cameron to North Carolina and his final game of all time to North Carolina. So again, JJ Redick, you're the little brother. You're always going to be the little brother. So just, you know, it, it was, it couldn't have been any better of a night. Now I'm pissed off that I have to stay up. Game doesn't start till nine fucking 30 tomorrow night. Yeah. That's uh, bullshit. Wow. I, uh, last night was fantastic. I, um, one thing I want to, I want to say about that is I, I'm not even saying this at all. Cause I don't think the refs blew the game for Duke. I just thought the refs were awful in that game. Watching the Kansas Villanova game before was, even though that game was a blowout, it was so nice that there was like only a total of like eight fouls in the entire game. It allowed the superstars to stay in the court the entire game and the superstars won the game. I hate the fact that Williams had to sit for the like first 10 minutes or the final 10 minutes of the first half. And I hate that Baycott fouled out of that game. If that game went to overtime, I feel like Duke wins it because Baycott's out of the game. And I just think it's, I think it's bullshit that, um, that these refs, I don't know. They, they, I feel like they just want to take over the game and it's, it's unfortunate to see because you should have these superstars playing in the game on the biggest stage. I couldn't agree more. We, we, we said it right after the Kansas game. We were talking about how much, it was like it was just enjoyable to watch. Like defenses were physical. If it was a questionable call, they were just holding the like they weren't blowing the whistle. They were letting them play. Plays at the rim were actual plays at the rim. Like they're not blowing the whistle because a guy fell over or lost the ball or whatever. They let them play. A total opposite of Duke game. It, it just seemed like every time down it was kind of a a whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was both ways. It was like it was just yeah horrendous was. both ways. So. Um, and it's so weird on like how them like the fouls work. Like you look at it in the first half, and I think there was a there was a time when like Duke had like six fouls and Carolina had one or or none or something like that. And then it's like, all right, well the second half of the of the first half, it's like they start to even them out. And then the start to second half, it was like Carolina had eight fouls and I think Duke had one. And then it's like, all right, well then they gonna they call like three fouls like in, on three possessions or all on Duke, mm-hmm. and it's like. What the yep. fuck are we doing? Just if you're gonna end up evening it out, just don't call anything unless it's exactly. I, I mean, I think yes. it completely throws them. I mean, the game was intense. Like it, it was back and forth. It was. I mean, it was there like 19 yeah. or 20 lead changes in the game. Not absolutely. To get absolutely away from ridiculous. that, like these guys had some monster shots at the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, it was oh. like you know, I, at times I was like, Manic is a no show. He, like first half no showed, and then he just comes out and hits monster threes. Uh, Bangkok was just a, a beast on the boards. Twenty one rebounds, eight mm-hmm. offensive boards. Like that doesn't happen, especially you know, and I, and a lot of that probably wouldn't happen with Williams on the court. But these guys just laid it all in the line. It was it was just so much fun to watch that these guys made big shots at big times. Yeah, Certainly was for sure. I mean, you have a kid like like you looked at. I mean, the difference in the second half was Caleb Love. I don't. I think he had. Well, I don't know what he did. He have like four points in the first half or something like that, and then went off. Ended up scoring like twenty four or twenty five in the second half. Was just that shot he hit with like twenty nine seconds left was just over Williams. Williams, so. right, Williams yeah. right in his mug. Just you know, and it was you know, I'm assuming like even if you didn't have a dog in the fight. If you watch that game, you were just like, this is this is what the Final Four is all about. Um, but because, I mean, it was hands down the best game of the tournament. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, the I, I've, I've watched it a couple times now. Uh, the take with like 10 seconds left where Keels went to the rack and they called the foul and then they didn't give him the N1. Like, obviously, the Duke fan of me wanted me so bad to that to be an N1. 
but after watching a couple of times, it does look like with the college rules, if that's NBA, that's easily oh, yeah. an in one. No, it's in one. Yeah. They don't have the same continuation, but how incredible no. would that have been if uh, they gave him the in one in that? Oh. Yeah. Been mean, tying, would, tied up, right? If, yeah. yeah, yeah hit the throw, throw. Yeah. 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 Which Duke, that was one thing too, that Duke struggled down the stretch from the line. Mm-hmm. I feel like, was it Keels? Well, oh, no, Williams missed, too, right? missed a lot. But yeah, Williams missed two. Williams Bancaro missed two missed down the line. Keels yeah. missed one or two. Yeah, so Duke struggled a little bit down the, they down the stretch from the They shot 60% strike. from the line. Yeah, that's not going to. That's You said that's it when tough. we were you know, making our predictions for the Final Four because I had Houston. You were saying Houston sucks at free throws. That's not going to win. That's not going to get you national championships. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Duke with the, you know, they're so young. Some of these guys had big moments. It's just these free throws are so important, you know, uh, end up being a four point game. But, you know, with one point leads with a minute to go, just such a big difference. It could be tied up or not. Or yeah, I, I feel like in college, um, like coaching, I think I think the better coaches are the ones who are just better recruits, recruiters. Uh, I feel like if they can get the bigger superstars, then generally that team plays better, regardless if the coach is a big X's and O's kind of guy. So I don't even know if Coach K is a good coach. I mean, he's obviously a good coach because he won 1,200 games, but, like, is he, was he just a great recruiter at the end of the day? Like, wow. he's he's a good coach. He's a I, great coach, dude. I just, you know what? Well, no, My favorite I, part no, about hold him. Hold on. I, under, I understand what – real quick. I understand what Kev is saying because I almost feel like you have a – like, say Coach K, he started what Duke in 1980. Is that what it was, G? It was somewhere in there, yeah. I was at so, 47 I mean, years. You're probably looking at it from like, say, the first 15 ish, maybe 20 years. Like, I don't, I mean, yes, he had like in the early 90s, he had guys like Grand Hill, Christian Leitner, but, and then he had Battier, Trajan Langdon, but it's like, he was recruiting, like, I feel like he was getting like maybe one five star, one or two five star guys as it goes on. Now they're, they're signing like, five of them like Mm it wasn't this year's class like Uh, they had like five of the top 10 guys in the country or something so like i think i i understand what you're saying in the sense that he was probably relied on his coaching ability for the first 20 years but then he got to the point where he built duke up to be what the program is and then at that point he can just recruit his dick off and let the talent take over in a sense and he can still manage it he still can manage like the, the the personalities and everything but i feel like a lot of these programs they get to a point where there's so much goddamn talent that I don't think coaching's as important. Like look in Kentucky. Like yeah. sometimes here in Kentucky, it's the same thing. Well, what, what I'm thinking though too is that like just the the final like three four minutes of the Duke UNC game last night, they weren't like calling sets in those final four minutes. It was just the players coming down with their dicks hanging on the ground, just hitting shots. They're not like they're not running specific plays. I feel like to get those shots, it was just like the bigger the bigger players are hitting the bigger shots. That's what it seemed like to me. So that's why I was saying I don't know how important the coaching was, but I I want to jump in one thing. And I obviously like last night dancing on Coach K's grave. I was up till like a little after midnight, just like refreshing Twitter and Instagram, just like watching all the memes, watching everything that was going on. Absolutely loved it. Um, there was it was fantastic watching him just like crumble towards the end of the game. Not him like coaching, but just like the whole his demeanor. Um. I will say this though, and I, I've, I've said to you guys as much as I dislike the guy. I've always, I will never deny his coaching ability. I'll never deny anything that he's done. 
And I will say that I feel like college basketball is worse off today than it was last night that he's done with college basketball. Because I think regardless of whether or not you love Duke or you hate Duke or you love Coach Gay, you hate Coach Gay, the guy moves the needle on both ends of the spectrum. And college basketball is what it is today in large part because of what he's done. So I think as a college basketball fan, I think college basketball is worse off today that Coach K is done and retired. Um, with that being said, I it couldn't have happened in a better fucking way for him to go out, for me personally, watching no, Carolina no. just break their necks and like crush your hopes and dreams. Mm-hmm. But So it I did want to give, give him a little bit of a props in because I understand dream. the impact he had. An ultimate high for North Carolina fans. Now, I, I just want to get back to the coaching. I He is just an elite of elite coaches. And same with Calipari, in my opinion. So this is my thought, right? You have guys, and you were saying this about back in the olden times, right? Like they, they recruited and then they ran offenses and stuff like that. But now they have to do switch everything up to one-year guys. They're literally training these guys and, and coaching them to do one-year things. And you're saying like, hey, they got the ball and they just went one-on-one. But that's what these guys practice now, right? Like back in the olden days in the eighties, you ran sets, you ran double post guys, high, low coming off two screens and stuff like that. But now when you watch NBA, it's all one-on-one. So these, what these guys practice. So, you know, they call when they're coming up the court, they're calling like, Hey, let's get him on the wing and like send a guy high post and he can set a screen if he wants. But like, that's, that's, that's the way they coach now. You know what I mean? They're still coaching. It's just that basketball has moved to more of a one-on-one game. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, no, I, I understand that. I, I just, I, I, I had had that thought at some point, just about any of these big time coaches is like, how, how much is it of it now is when you have five, five stars or six, five stars on your roster. And it's like, how much is it just like, listen, just go play ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just do what the fuck you guys do let them, and let them run. And just, it's more or less like I was always thinking is like, are they just managing these personalities and yeah. just letting these kids just ball out? So, and I, and I think that's like the way it is across. That's why I have like so much respect. We talked about like best coaches like Jay Wright. I'm not saying that Villanova doesn't get like great recruits, but I feel like they're, they're, they're never usually like, three, three, three stars, three, four stars. Yeah, that's what I mean. And he's yeah. just like coaching them up. And it's the same thing like for years with uh, the guy from Vir- Bennett from Virginia. Same thing. Yep. I mean, they weren't getting big time recruits. So it's like you see these like schools that maintain consistency that aren't pulling down like three or four or five stars in the top freaking 25. And it's like, you know, those guys I understand are like coaching their dicks off. And I'm not saying like these big guys like Calipari, mm-hmm. Self, Izzo, Krzyzewski aren't, but I just think it's a little bit different because they have so much talent on their roster now. It seems like um, nowadays opposed to old, there's a lot more upsets. Um, I think it's because obviously teams are, you know, these, these other teams that are lower seeds when they get in the tournament are usually – more experienced as these younger ones that have mm-hmm. the young guys, but it does seem like there's way more upsets happening now than when I was like a young kid. It used to be like, you know, pretty close to chalk. I feel like with maybe one Cinderella. Yeah. It was like Gonzaga. Like when North we Carolina is a like, freaking eight. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. That's... And that's where they should be. I mean, they're like, obviously they were better than that, but like looking at their record, that's where they should have been. Um, yeah. No one was complaining that they should have been higher, but mm-hmm. That just shows how deep it is. There's there's like 20 teams that are like good enough, but it seems like usually the same 20, 20-ish, well, not even that. I would say same 10-ish teams are always making the Final Four, which to me shows, you know, that's good coaching that gets them there. So I guess maybe I can just clarify too. I think 
the knowledge that like these coaches can give their players during practice is like incredible, right? It's that's the biggest thing. But I just think that once the ball's tipped up in the air, like your X's and O's don't matter as much yeah. once you get to NCAA Division One and NBA. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think what they can do in practice, obviously, is I think that is probably maybe where Coach K, because he's been doing it for 40 years, mm-hmm. the knowledge he can give people, maybe he can tell them one little thing that just clicks in them. Um, that is huge. But the 40 minutes during the during the game, I don't know. I've also yeah, never I, I, played at that level, so I don't know what it's and like. I feel like some of it, too, though, like there's just small things like in the uh, uh, I can't even remember now. Is it Texas Tech or Arkansas? No, it was the Arkansas game. Duke. <laughs> And, like, they're up, I don't know, whatever it was. They're up by 13, and, like, Arkansas went on this, like, 8-0 run or 7-0 run or whatever it was. And it was, like, Coach K called the, like, it was at the right time, a perfect timeout. They come back out of the huddle, and then I think they went end up going on, like, a 13-0 run after that and never looked back. So I yep. think there's, like, some little things like that. Like, one thing mm-hmm. that, I mean, I loved Roy Williams. Absolutely fucking loved him, obviously, being the Carolina fan. Um, but there were some times that the guy to do just refuse to call timeouts and it was infuriating to me to watch him. So I feel like just little shit like that is, is still like, it's like an underappreciated aspect of it is like them got like knowing when to like, Hey, I got to calm him down. I got This is when I got to get a timeout and like settle the thing. And then obviously that in that situation, they responded, but yeah, yeah. you're probably right. I think both of you guys are right. I think it's probably more game managing than it is coaching now, especially once the ball's tipped off and like these guys and, you, I was listening to, a, I can't remember who it was, but they were on JJ's podcast and they were just talking about like what the assistant coaches do. And they literally spend like 12 hours watching film. Mm-hmm. It's like how, how much, if there's like 10 of you, how much info can you 10 of you bring in right. for like 12 hours yeah. a night, like a day, not, not like, it's like, oh yeah, he likes to jab here. If he jabs right twice, he's going to probably go cross his shins. It's like, oh, how much, how much can you like, just let him play. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. Obviously, you're going to try to get every edge you can, but um, I think once the ball is tipped, I think you, I think Kev, uh, definitely right. Like, I think they just doubled the players. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you guys think of tomorrow night? Boy, I, so I was completely wrong about both. I had obviously Duke, <laughs> and I thought Villanova would be Kansas. So, I. I kind of want to say UNC because I don't want to see UNC win. Uh, apparently, there's just hundreds of UNC fans that I know that come out of the woodworks. Probably not so much Kansas, so I, I don't know yet. I, I, well, I do know. I, I'd probably say UNC um, wins it, but Kansas looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they came out on fire. Uh, they weathered a little bit of a, a Villanova comeback, and then they you know, they clutched it up at the end. Uh, with They got some... I mean, they got some big guys. McCormick, uh, Abaji was lights out. He was like six yeah. for six from three at one point. Um, that team is that team's good. Well, they the spread was at three and a half. I think I saw four and a half. I thought oh, four and a half. Unless it's it? moved. I thought I, I thought saw, I saw four and a half. G. Well, it's probably it like Sherry moved. said. It's all those UNC fans that came out of the woodworks now putting money on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brought the line down a little. Here. Yeah, it's right now on well on ESPN it says it's Kansas minus four. Yeah, that's what I see too. Um, I think that yeah, the big thing I was you know I think McCormick obviously had a monster game against Villanova. I think um, I think it's gonna be a little different with Carolina in a sense because I think Baycott's way better inside than anything Villanova had. So I think that's gonna be mm-hmm. that's gonna be a key matchup right there. Um, and and Baycott's health. Uh, I'm not really sure. I mean, he rolled that ankle. He came back. He looked fine. 
had his Paul Pierce moment, went to the back for two seconds. <laughs> that was absurd. Back out. Um, so I, I think that I think that's one of the key matchups. And then I think too, um, it's going to be interesting to see. It. Was it Adabe? Is that what you said his name? How do you pronounce? I think it's Abaji. 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 Um, I'm guessing Carolina is going to put Leaky Black on him and just try to clamp him down. Um, so I and well, I guess that that's going to be a big thing. Um, I I don't know. I think it's going to be a a hell of a game. Um, obviously I'm taking tough Carolina. spot for for Coach Will- Roy Williams, man. Both his yeah. Well, if you saw him, yeah. If you've been but if you've been seeing, oh, the he's been wearing the he's been wearing the he's Carolina yeah. dude. He's been wearing the that's where he's at. Uh, but I mean, yeah, be cool, uh, did you, a lot of those kids. This is gonna yeah. This is gonna be uh, I bet it like a tribute fest to Roy Williams. Yeah. Seriously, although he had nothing to do with this Kansas program. Has so I'm just look, trying to look this up. So like Hubert Davis, obviously his first year, he's um the fifth coach ever to make the championship in their first year. Has any of the first four ever won? Do you guys know? I don't. I don't. I've no article. idea. I'm, I'm surprised. Sure. I'm surprised five have done it. Wow. Yeah. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm uh, obviously I'm going to take Carolina. I we'll see what happens. I, I think Carolina is just the consistently with too many weapons. I think they got at least, I mean, all five of their guys can score. Um, and to me, that's, that's huge. I don't think that they're going to rely on one guy. Usually with one guy, I think, I think Abaji, I mean, McCormick had a big day, but I don't think, I think that's because Villanova didn't have a big guy to stop them. They were, their biggest guys like six, nine, where, Obviously, UNC will defend that better in the paint. Um, but I think that if you can shut down Abaji, um, mm. it should do wonders. I know Braun got really hot for them late, but even with and that, Remy Martin, I'll say Remy Martin didn't have a good game either. I think he only had like six or seven, which he had been carrying most of the uh, most of the tournament, I think. But yeah, it, it's gonna be fun. Great. I just, I just, I hate the fact that it's nine twenty tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's late. It's very late. Very I don't. I can't remember them always being that late, but Kev, who do you we have? We got to cater to the West Coast. I mean, I I obviously want Kansas to win. I I think Kansas is a better team, but UNC has been just playing out of their mind. Uh, sometimes it's all about who gets hot for the six games they play in the tourney, right? And who gets hot these, and who gets lucky? Both these two, teams are hot. Things. I. Uh, I obviously hope it's the same refs that ref the Kansas Nova game, but there's no way they do that for them back-to-back games. I was thinking, don't they usually don't refs usually stick together in the conference they they do all year? Usually. And so they must they must bring in refs who don't aren't in either the Big 12 or the ACC, right? That's what I was thinking. So they don't favor a team. I was thinking if they if they still do that, then they must just always pencil in Pac-12 refs because they know they're never going to make the final four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ACC's going on vacation. They hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they hit, uh, they hit, yeah, they hit the end of March. They go on vacation. Then yeah, uh, Pac-12. Hey, we got to wait till the mid mid minute. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, hey, I, I got. Yeah, with no, no. I mean, UNC fans are definitely definitely on a high right now, and to me, uh, I know this is probably not the same for you, Zach. But to me, if you don't finish it, it's really not worth it. Like all this hype, um, all this trash you know, talk, even walking I, Coach K off the court, still I not. I agree worth it. to a sense. Like you know, I don't obviously 
there'll be some yeah i'm trying to think how to word this obviously there'll be it's it's, if they don't finish it off like again it's not going to be a lot of this ain't going to be worth it but i still think there is going to be some like bit of um they take from this season that you 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 know, you beat Coach K on the biggest stage and ended his career with a loss. What? Uh, it's no, obviously it's not as big as like winning a national title. Like, if you gave me the option of Carolina knocking Duke out of the tournament or Carolina winning a national title, I'm gonna say I want him to win a national title. I don't give a shit about him knocking Coach K out. Um, but if they could do both of them, I mean, it's, it's just ice, you know, a cherry on top. To me, it seems like UNC fans are more happy that they eliminated Coach K than they are happy that they just made the championship game to me. Like, if you're going to split those things up, you know what I mean? It seems like people are way They're more happy like, about Coach K to me. I agree. It seems like some are going to be just as happy they knocked off Coach K as yeah. they would be to win an Like, I feel like they're just, they're content. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think some of them are. I mean, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm not going to be happy if they lose tomorrow night. I mean, I will still take a little bit of, like, Solace in the fact that they knocked Coach K out and ended his career, but like again, if you if you said you have to choose one, Carolina knocks Duke out but loses the national title, or they win a national title and don't don't knock Duke out and like just they're on the other side of the bracket and never play them, I'm taking them winning a national title. I mean, that's yeah. I feel like some people admit. are opposite. I feel like some people are opposite of that, and maybe it's well, the people and who I, aren't. Maybe it's the people who aren't like big super fans. You know what I mean? It could yeah, be that. And I will. And I. And I don't know this, like, obviously, like, maybe this happens all the time with schools going to the finals. But if you saw Franklin Street last night down in Chapel Hill, Whoa, it's like I they did. just won a national title. And I, if they, if, like, every school does that when they go to a national title, then okay. I don't think that's the case. And I did not love, like that at all. I mm. saw that and I was like, yeah, I think, and, that, and that's just going to be a big thing. I mean, I, I feel like Carolina is going to, they're going to have to somehow figure out how to, like, get up for this game. And I know it sounds crazy to say, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find a way to get up for a national title, but you just beat your biggest rival, knock the greatest coach and probably not even just college history, basketball history out of the out of end of his career. And you were up for it. You got to find a way to get back up for that yeah. game against Kansas. Cause if you don't, it could get ugly and it could get ugly fast. Cause that Kansas team is fucking really, really good. I think uh, Coach Coach Wooden in uh, Red Auerbach would have a lot to say about that. But go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Did right. they did they show UNC's locker room after the win? I I didn't watch like anything. I so. didn't see it. I think I the saw I really... one video of them like, celebrating in the locker room. If yeah, if the fans are doing that, then I'm that's whatever I think. But if the You're players are like going fucking nuts, then that's like no, they weren't going crazy. Okay, that's good. In the video that I saw, that's good. Because I can't imagine the Kansas players were celebrating when they just dominated by, you know, 15, 20, whatever it was. No. I imagine they just went in and were like, all right, job's not done. That's mm-hmm. But if you're going in celebrating, throwing water on your coach, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see anything from the locker room, so I, I can't yeah. uh, I can't speak on that. But yeah. the only thing I really saw was like, it was like they walked back and it was so funny that they, when they get back into the tunnel, the tunnel's so goddamn long back to the locker rooms, they take fucking golf carts back. Mm-hmm. I thought it was weird that the players like Duke and UNC they come with the same tunnel and so like yeah that was awful that seems weird you can't you get come up with or, or like yeah. time it different like one comes out and don't let the other one out until the other one is on the court right because I feel like Carolina because like Carolina came out first I believe 
And it was like, I felt like it was like two or three minutes later, then Duke came on the floor. So it was like, just hold him back in the locker room for that extra exactly. couple yeah, minutes yeah. and then like, just let him go. So yeah, yeah that was weird. I, I will say that I, uh, I, and the, the hater in me will say he did it because it was cameras around, but um, coach K went up to Baycott and made, you know, checked in to see if he was in the outback said if uh, asked if he was all right. And told him, he's like, you know, I did vote for you for player of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think you said that before. I mean, that was common knowledge, but I would yeah. just say, like, he went up to him because there was cameras around. He wanted to make it look like he was a decent enough guy and actually gave a shit. But <laughs> I had to take one more shot in before I, before we moved on. But I don't know. It's so, going to be uh, interesting. So Natty, Natty is tomorrow night. Well, I guess if you guys listen, it'll be tonight. Um, drops Monday, so it'll be the Natty tonight. Speaking of Natty, go grab yourself a Natty Light. It's the coldest beer, the best beer, American beer. It's the best. Uh, I don't know what else to say. It's so delicious. I've been having it since I've been 14, and uh, I'll never stop until I'm 95. So. I've actually got some Natties up in my fridge right now, man. That's right. Hey, they said I... It, the people at Natty are the best. If you follow them on social media, they are funny as hell. Uh, obviously, way better with their words than I am. Uh, but they did send Kevin and I uh, a, a set of a thirty pack of beer for us to drink yesterday. Um, we hit into it pretty good. Uh, but we thank you. And if if you're watching the Natty, have a Natty. You know what's pretty cool about what Natty Light does too is I, I haven't seen many many beers do this where they sell fifteen packs. So, so you pay for 12 and it's a bonus of three. Exactly. So if you're a type of guy who can like really put them down and maybe a 12 pack, is not enough for you. The Natty light, the Natty light 15 pack is brilliant idea, isn't it? It's awesome. Yeah. It's just for them. Just three more. Or, you know, you, you got some and you always got a friend that's like, oh, I'm just going to bring six, but they're always like (laughs) drunk by 10. And you get three extras to hand them, you know, if you're used to the 12. Mm -hmm. Hey, before we move off the college basketball talk. I have to give a shout out and credit to my wife. Shout outs, baby. I love them. If you guys, I don't know if you'll recall when I sent a text into the baseball chat, like a month ago or whatever, whenever this tournament started, I said, my wife, um, may fill the bracket out and she picked Carolina to go the whole way only because I like North Carolina. She actually got Carolina beating Duke in the final four. And she had him beat Carolina beating Kansas in the final. So shout out my wife. Way, wow. Apparently way more knowledge than I have uh, when it comes to basketball. But is it proof uh, of this? Is this is in the she, brackets? Is she in news pool? No, she didn't. She just filled it out. This like is, at the this house. Is fake. Yeah, it's not fake. this is a fake. She just guys, filled it I out last night. Out. She filled it out. I last sent night. you. I sent you guys a text and saying she picked it like two weeks ago or whatever it was that she picked Carolina. So. I do not remember that text message, dude. She's not gonna like it when I hear when she hears this, but that's fake. <laughs> I red red challenge flag right. through the computer. Nope. Uh, right on your doorstep. That might be. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, and, and I gotta. This, this is a hold on. This is a random ass question for you guys. This was something her and I were talking about. I think it was yesterday. So she got the hiccups, and she had the hiccups for like fucking a half hour. So. We pose the question to each other. Would you rather have the hiccups nonstop or have your just your nose be congested, like severely congested all the time? So Wait, hiccups all the time. The rest of your life? All the time. 
Yeah. If you had nose, to pick one. Nose congestion easily. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's I yeah. Yeah. I thought it was stupid. I just like hiccups are annoying. I don't believe there's any I don't know if there's anything I would rather have. I anything I'd least rather have than like hiccups are awful. I would pick almost everything over that. I think. Yeah, hiccups yep. are off. Like, yeah, you can't sleep with them. They're, yeah, yeah. You can't eat. You like going to drink, uh, drink a beer, and it just kind of sets you sets you back. Okay, I mean, yeah. I didn't think it was that. Good. I didn't think yeah. we'd be talking about hiccups tonight. No, dude. I didn't. Uh, now that we got your you guys' uh, weekend out of the way, uh, the college basketball, I was semi excited, um, but. To be honest, uh, I've been waiting for this moment. The best thing I saw this weekend was a WrestleMania <laughs> with Stone Cold Steve Austin come back in the ring to have a little one-on-one chat with KO. Oh, my God. Did he take the roof off the fucking stadium in Dallas? It was electric. KO starts talking shit about Texas. Stone Cold said, no, 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 not on my watch. They wrestled for like 30 minutes. They went into the crowd. They went into the ring. They went into the crowd, into the ring, up the ramp, which is enormous, by the way. Carried his ass on a four-wheeler, drove him up the ramp, gave him some stunners, come back down to the ring, drank minimum, and I'm not shitting you, watch it, a minimum of 50 beers. Well, he drank (laughs) one sip out of 50 beers. Stone Cold just put on an absolute show. My, My childhood idol... It was by far the best thing I've seen this weekend. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, I do say it's well worth it. Uh, WrestleMania has been just garbage lately. Uh, all of wrestling has been garbage, but to see Stone Cold out there just put on a show was amazing. So Shuri's team name in our league is a homage to Stone Cold as the 316s. Um, and then was is is he still drinking Steve Weisers? Does he have to like back off? No, to, like, he's got his own IPAs. And uh, let IPA. me tell you, they got some very good advertisement on that night. <laughs> very. What, do you know what the name of it is? Like it's rattlesnake, like rattlesnake, probably. Rattlesnake. It's rattlesnake IPA, I think. Let's check like it out. Let's yeah. check it out. Um. So I saw clips of it. I was during the attitude area in like late nineties, I was same with you. Sure. I absolutely love freaking wrestling. Um, and every once in a while, like I'll go down a rabbit hole on YouTube and just watch oh, the like too. crowd pop-offs when like certain guys come back after a long time. And it's just like, brings back memories of like my childhood with like Austin and the rock. And you know, you've got like the undertaker and Kane, I don't know. There's more of I mean, it's just Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. Like those guys, like hawking animal with a shit. It, it, I don't. I haven't watched wrestling now. My wife actually still likes it a little bit. I we've never. I don't watch it at all. But because I, I think it's just like gone downhill from what it used to be. But I did the clips of Austin last night when when the glass broke and that place just went. It went. They popped. It off. went nuts. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, I will say I, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the wrestlers, but KO. Kevin Owens was uh, the heel in this one, um, going after the, the state of Texas and just calling them a bunch of idiots with cowboy hats and all that. And I just thought he was he was so good for Stone Cold. He sold everything. Stone Cold is in incredible shape. Like again, I don't know if you guys know this, but he's got veins ripping out of his freaking chest right now. Um, but still, being as old as he is, it's pretty. You know, that's hard to go up and down ramps and running and, and slamming into stuff. And uh, 57 years old, man. Yeah, that's wow. He looks good for 57, dude. He looks awesome. great. And um, yeah, Kevin Owens was freaking phenomenal. Uh, he was 
just sold everything. And then, and then the, 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 uh, sheriffs from Texas walked him out of the stadium, which was just, it was, it was all great. And my stone cold just slugging 50 beers. You got to see it. I'm not joking. It's at least 50. Hey, sure. Who was it that, uh, was it after he won the match? Who did he st- give the stunner to? Uh, there was, I don't even know who that guy, I, I see, I don't want to announce it. Was he an announcer? Or yeah, something? he's, he is an announcer. He oh. came in to celebrate with him. He, they cheers up and then he gave him the stunner. And the other cool part was, uh, he walked into the crowd and he gave his brother a beer and then the, he slugged like 10 more. And then his brother came up with him and they cheers and slugged a beer. Didn't stunner his brother, but, uh, just a really cool <laughs> moment. Like, obviously like your brother's like the hero of so many 30 year old men in this world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, yeah. but to, to bring him out there and just do it in Texas where, you know, he's known as the badass, the Texas rattlesnake. Yeah. All right. So tonight we've got. I got something too, real quick. Go ahead. Jesus Christ. You guys I, relax. Yeah. We, we forgot to say the wings. So we had wings. Um, Gov, uh, Gov, yeah. shout out Gov. Um, he told us to try Sebago Brewing Wings in Gorham. That fucking place is awesome. I am definitely going back there with the wife. Um, it is a really cool place. It's where all they brew all their beer, their corporate offices. It's enormous, but it's all open. It's if you live in Maine, give it a shot. It's a great date spot. Um, I hear their pizza is amazing, but the wings, um, we picked them up. We drove them to Kev's house about 40 minutes away, and uh, we opened up the box, and they were still crunchy, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, they They're weren't good. the best ones I've had. Um, Bucks, like I said, is a 9.1, but these, I gave an 8.9. They were phenomenal. I'd like to see if your rating changed if you sat down in restaurant. Yeah, definitely. Yep. We'd have to try them again live, yep. uh, in restaurant because they, they had potential to be the best. They were good. Um, so they looked fantastic. You guys, uh, sent me a picture of it. I was a little jealous. I didn't get to uh, take part in them, but. Uh, hopefully the next time. But so we're not going to dive into anything fantasy today. It's going to be kind of like actual world predictions and stuff. So I, I was thinking about this today and I you guys probably don't give a shit at all. But I have a confession when it comes to fantasy. And that is I absolutely hate my fucking team. I hate them. The season hasn't even started yet. And I hate my fucking roster. Absolutely hate it. I don't know what it is. I just look at it and I'm like, you mean you I'm don't gonna... think they're good or you just don't want the guys? This is revert. No, I've, I've heard this a million times from owners. No, Kev, don't buy no. into it. It's reverse psychology. It's where it's... he builds a doubt. So if he wins, he's like, Oh my God, I won with a bad team. Don't, no, don't listen. Not. No, 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 no. Don't listen into Shut this. The fuck up. Don't no, buy into this bullshit. I've heard it. Listen. Ruff does it all the time. It's reverse psychology. They say the no, team's not, not good. So when they win, they'd be like, Oh my God, puff my chest out. Look at me. First of all, we all know that everybody that's on this fucking podcast and maybe who's listening to it, that's in our league knows i'm not gonna win so i'm gonna get to the championship and lose again like i do every now every you have an excuse year. you didn't like your team no i just don't i don't know what it is i don't like it other than like three or four guys i'm like this is a whole bunch of shit i don't know what it is i had yeah, that like, a, like the grown. <laughs> yeah i had that like realization today i'm like I, I i don't love this at all but i don't know i just had to get it off my chest we're good. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, you do you, man. You do you. All right, so we're going to do predictions. We're going to go through uh, division winners. We're not doing wild cards because I think there's like 17 or 18 wild cards this year or something like that. Some of the stupid every team makes playoffs. We're going to go through awards for individuals, and then we're going to do our playoffs. You guys want to get into it? Well, yeah, just yeah, just 
the championship series, right? Yeah, just the championship if, series. If this if this goes anything like my final four predictions, I know. Um, I'm not getting one of these right. <laughs> I know. I was I'm not getting one of these right. So, <laughs> I, this I, is I, just I, for fun. Do not listen to mine. I'm really anxious to like go back in October and look back and see like how bad my picks were, you know. Yeah. But all right, let's just go right down the list then. So we'll do AL East first. AL East, actually, let's, let's yeah, I'll do AL East first. We all like the AL East because that's our teams. But uh, Shari, who you got? I got Tampa. I like Tampa a lot. Uh, I think that they have a a good offensive unit. Um, I think Juan Franco. I've been on. I've been saying this all year. He's going to hit 30 plus home runs. He's going to go off. He's going to lead that team. Um, they have a bunch of core guys around him, but they also do better coaching and put situation people in situations better than any other team. Um, I, I think the, the pitching staff's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I think I think a, probably easily to me the the toughest division in all of baseball mm-hmm. the the NL East is also super loaded to me. That was a tough one, mm-hmm. but um, I would say Tampa because you know obviously they put them their team in the best situation. What do you got, Gola? I have Toronto. It's kind of I know it's a popular pick, but I think they have. I think it's easily in my opinion the best lineup in the division and that says a lot because it all other outside of baltimore all you know the other four teams have a really good lineups but i think you know there's just a you know when you have vlad bichette you know springer tay oscar guriel i mean the list goes on and on and i think not with boz being out for you know an extended period of time i think toronto's got the best rotation in the division too so um yeah, I know it's a chalky pick, but I just, uh, I just, I think it's Toronto. I think they're just too strong, both pitching and hitting. I, I, yeah, I think this is the hardest division to do. I think you can make a case for every team except for Baltimore to win it. If any of those four teams wins, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Uh, it's just a monster division, and I picked Toronto as well. I think they're like Zach said, their order batting order is probably the best in baseball, and I just mm-hmm. like the. The pitch. I don't think they have a true ace on their staff, so I don't know how well they'll do in playoffs. But I think they have a staff that's built for the regular season. They're they deep. Have, it's deep. They have yep. like five, six legit starters who who can match up. I mean, they, you know, they're not going to go toe to toe with like someone like Cole, but that order is going to get you enough run, predic- uh, run oh, really? production. So you yeah. just have to keep it under ten runs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Dude, and you should win a ton of games. Yeah, it's I I, I don't want to like give away what I have, but I I do think that Toronto is probably the best overall team. But I do have Tampa um, winning the division just because you know until history proves me wrong, they they seem to be doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, uh, goal. I'll start with you. AL Central. Uh, I have the White Sox. I think they're Is this, their is this is the very... easiest one to do? Easiest yeah. division? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than, well, the NL West is pretty easy, too. Yeah, but yeah maybe. Yeah. I think, well, especially with Tatis out. But, yeah, I think it's the White Sox. I think they have the potential to be the best team in the American League. I think they have a very good lineup. They have a good staff. I think the um, them trading Kimbrell for A.J. Pollock, I like Pollock a lot. Um, he, he's a, one of my, you know, guys I liked a lot in fantasy when I get my hands on him. Um I think the biggest issue is their coach is a dickhead and he's a moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you look at their, you look at their staff, Giolito, Cease, Keiko, Lynn. Now he's going to be out for a little while. Kopech. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just see that, you know, I, I just think they have a, a very good staff and one of the better lineups in baseball. So, and they have arguably the best shutdown closure in the game too. 
and yep. Hendrick. So uh big fan of the White Sox this year. I took White Sox as well. Um, was it Bummer? Is he the one that just, no, or is it Bummer that just went out with season engine surgery? Aaron Bummer, the reliever? No? I didn't see it, Give yeah. Bummer? Aaron Bummer, he was like one of their setup men. Yeah, I may pretty... be wrong. It's either him or Garrett Crochet across it. Or I say Aaron Bummer. Time. There's an Aaron, Aaron Bummer. Yeah, is, is he the one that got hurt? You don't know. It doesn't matter. Know. I was just thinking, I wonder if they made the trade for uh, Give Kimberl up before that happened. I can't remember. But yeah, <laughs> I think. Kimbrel was yeah. on the downside, man. I think they did a great job getting rid of him because he, I mean, his his numbers last year when he got to the White Sox was terrible, and he was he was terrible in spring. I he still he had like a fourteen K nine. I think when you are always a closer your entire career, and then you go and you you're not a closer yeah, anymore, that messes that's with true. you. That's true. I think he's going to be. I think he'll be a stud this year for the Dodgers. All right, uh, da, 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 moving along. AL West, I took the Astros. I think it's the same old thing. I think the, some teams are creeping up. I'd love to see the Angels finally do something and make the playoffs. Uh, but until they do it, I'm not going to put them there. So I still think the Astros, their lineup is loaded, um, even if they're not hitting trash cans anymore. So give me Houston. I took the Angels. Um, I think the lineup is loaded in the front um i think that they can hopefully get rendon to get back there and and do some damage um and obviously with otani and trout number one and number two and that's how it's going to go in the bat in order too that's just going to be tough on pitchers um i don't know i mean i just uh houston looks good but i mean verland is so old now i don't know if he's going to be a true ace so i don't know how deep their pitching is or how good their pitching is it's actually pretty deep but it's it's i just i think uh angel's gonna make their run finally i think trout's finally gonna have his year where he's uh they can they can put him in the prime time i hope me too i can't hear him Sorry, I have my mic off. I put my <laughs> mic on mute there for a second. Uh, this is going to be interesting because I'm taking the Mariners. Nice. I think wow. the, I think the trade with uh, getting Suarez and Winkers, you know, lengthen that lineup out. I think, you know, you got Robbie Ray. If he continues to pitch even somewhat close to what he did last year, he's in a better pitcher's park in Seattle now. I feel like we're going to see George Kirby up at some point, which I think he's going to contribute. I'm a big fan of Kirby. Um, hopefully you see some, uh, some progression from Logan Gilbert, a rookie they brought up last year. Um, but I, I just like Seattle. I think they did a lot last year with not a lot. And I think they added to that roster. Plus you're going to see arguably the best prospect in baseball come up. If he doesn't even, if he doesn't break camp, he's going to be up very soon in J rod. And he's been at, I know we don't talk about spring, but he's been mashing this spring. Yeah, he is. I just think, and I, and I think that Kelnick has still got the skills. So I think this yeah. lineup's going to be like sneaky good. And I just think that there, it's going to be a dog fight in the end and in that AOS. So I, I think it's pretty interesting. We all picked. Uh, I even think so. Texas is going to, as I say, Rangers made some moves. Yeah. I mean, obviously Oakland is garbage. I, yeah. They're, they're like payroll is like less than 30 million. Like, so, um, but which yeah, is pathetic because their own their owner's worth two point like two billion. Yeah. It's a, it's yeah. a fucking joke. Part of me likes that and part of me doesn't. Like part of me is like they actually realize that they're not title contenders and I just and they're like selling off and hopefully like they can get some good prospects and then they can buy some guys, right? But no, but they do they do this all the time. Oakland never spends money on anybody. Yeah. So this isn't like just like a one off thing where they're like, you know what, we're out of contention. Why don't we like sell off guys like Olsen and Chapman and uh, they traded uh, Manea, Manea, Manea or whatever. 
And it's like, but they do this every year. They're going to get prospects and they're going to compete and say like three years for a year or two. And then they're going to sell everybody off again because their fucking owner won't spend any money. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to rant there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's pathetic. I fucking hate it. Yeah. But AOS, I, I agree. I think it's going to be much better division than it has been in the years, recent years. So it's, that's nice. Uh, show dog. What you got in the NL East? So this is going to be a surprise. This is probably my biggest, easily my biggest surprise. I got the Marlins. I just wow. think pitching-wise, young pitching, I I just got a feeling that one team usually makes a run a year, and I just went out on a limb and I said, hey, why not be the Marlins? I think Alcantara is a stud. Um, I think you'll, uh, yeah, I, I you'll hear that later in another prediction. But I think that um, <laughs> I think that these guys are uh, they got some potential. I, I think that. Um, I don't. They have a really low payroll right now. They have so they they could add guys on trade deadline stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, I I'm taking a shot. I'm saying it's the Marlins. Everyone's talking about every other team in that division. So like we'll it, see. dude. I I know. I like, and I was gonna say too. And you, what you look at their lineup, and they added a couple of vets like Jorge Soler and uh, Evacel Garcia. Yeah. Some guys that can add some pop to that lineup, which I mean they got a decent amount of pop in there already, but that's gonna lengthen their lineup a little bit. And uh, no, I I. Uh, that is a, a ballsy pick, but I like it, Shory. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went with, I say it's kind of chalk, but I went with Atlanta. I don't really think they lost much from the team last year. I mean, they, they lost Freeman, but they replaced him with uh, Olsen. They're getting Acuna back. They're getting Ozuna back. I just, yeah, I, I think this team might actually be better than they were last year. That doesn't mean I think they're going to go to the World Series and win it again. But um, I just I just think their lineups gonna be is gonna be better because they're getting guys back. So and they they still got a solid staff. So I'm rolling with Atlanta. Well, I am going with the Phillies, dude. I Ooh. love what the Phillies did getting Schwarber and Castellanos. It's finally given Har- Harper had a mate a massive season last year, and now he's actually gonna have some protection in that lineup. I love it. I think that Aaron Nola pitches way better than he pitched last year. And I think Zach Wheeler, um, I think he might be injured, but I don't know what the injury is. I'm not sure. But I think they have two frontline starters that could just carry a team. And I know this big talks. I don't know much about him, but I've heard a lot. His name recently is Ranger Suarez, up and comer. I like the Phillies. Uh, I think that is a very tough division, though. I think every team um, outside the Nationals, you know, has a chance there. So. It's funny the Mets, man. The Mets, we, yeah. So Wheeler, uh, Wheeler is looks like it's gonna be like 15 days after. Yeah. Um, little shoulder soreness, and then uh, if if Degrom doesn't get hurt, are you guys putting the Mets there? No. 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 I just don't think their lineup's good enough. Yeah. I don't. I mean, like they they got Starling Marte, but and they have all they they just added Marte and they have Alonzo still. Lindor. Lindor turns it around. Lindor, but I don't. I, Jeff McNeil's okay. I just don't. I. That's, you know the thing is, but this is the one thing I I completely like the Mets. They just like a very poorly run organization, because you you have a guy. Say. No, they all. No, what's that? That's what I was gonna say. They just so. No, bad. and then like you look at the fact that like they have a guy like Dom Smith who was like had a good prospect pedigree coming all the way up. And he probably should get more at bats. But they're gonna play Robinson fucking Cano mm-hmm. in his old ass corpse 
like at DH and it's just like not going to do anything to help develop these kids, like these younger players they have. It, it's just, they're a freaking mess. And like, you get, every, they all thought Steve Cohen was going to come in and change, like Dude, change the culture of this franchise. It's awful. Like, he is so good for baseball, Cohen. Yeah, he's a nut. I think he's good for baseball, but I just don't think that he's done anything differently to me. Like, if he was like, everybody thought, all these Mets fans, you reach it online and see stuff, and they're like, oh, he's going to come in, and he's going to start outspending everybody. Who is he? Scherzer? If he really is going to out- outspend guys, why didn't they go after Chris Bryant? Or maybe they did. We'll get more aggressive with Bryant or get more aggressive with – with. Um, um, I don't even know. I'm trying to think. I'm losing track on some of the freaking. Don't they have the highest payroll in the MLB though? Dodgers must, right? I think it's, I think it's yeah, but, but you look at some of the guys they have. Part of that is because they have Robinson Cano's dead corpse on there, which yeah. they made that trade. By a lot. That, that was a good trade. Traded fucking Kelnick. Mets had the biggest? Cano. By, yeah, 20, 21 million. By 21 million over the Dodgers. So it must be Mets, Dodgers, and third must be so far behind both of them, I imagine. Nope, Yankees are right behind three million behind the Dodgers, and Padres are uh, they're thirty million behind the Yankees. So you the one, two, three, four. Yeah. But, uh, I, I love Cohen, dude. I think it's great. I think he's great for baseball, and I think that you are talking about an owner being bad, but it's the general manager who's signing these people. So maybe they have a bad general manager, and Cohen's going to change no, that. And I'm not saying no. I'm not saying I think Cohen's good for baseball. My point is, and I'm not even saying it's it's him. I'm just saying. Everybody seemed to think he was going to be the saving grace of the Mets, and he was going to transform the organization. I just, I haven't seen it. He's That's trying, dude. Saying. He's got to get rid of that fucking dead arm and Degrom, dude. And then maybe I was just going to say, him. like that. That's just like a prime example, though. Like, how the fuck is he throw two innings and he's already out for months at a time? Like, how have you not? Like, how did you not before the lockout? Like, hey, let's get your arm in here. Let's do a ton of MRIs. Let's do all this stuff. Make sure everything's good. Do you need Tommy John or do you not? Yeah. Um. And it doesn't even sound like this would be an issue where you need Tommy John. But if you went up and down that arm, um, then you would realize that there's an issue or not. I just don't understand how, like, this franchise is worth, I mean, I mean, Christ, their payroll's $236 million. You didn't have that happen. Yep. All right. Uh, NL Central. Zachary? Uh, it's Milwaukee for me. I think that staff is just too damn good. Um their one through three is just on another planet. And I think that they have uh, one of the better closures in baseball with Hader. Um, their lineup solid. They, I like the deal they made when they traded Jackie Bradley back to Boston to get Renfro. Renfro had a pretty, I mean, he's not very going to help you too much in OBP, but the dude just mashes um, everything you've seen this spring. It looks like Keston Heria is may have found his swing again. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, that's going to, you know, we'll see about Yelich. I don't know what the fuck his deal is, but. Oh, he's um, having a big year think, this year. Big year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just think I just think the staff is just too good to uh, to lose the division. And you mentioned Hater and, like, Devin Williams has got to be one of the best setup men yeah, in baseball, Devin too. That, that, too yeah. that dude could be a closer on any team except for the Brewers. Uh, I picked the Brewers as well. Everything you said. Plus, Yelich is going to have a monster year because that dude is playing 140-plus games. Not a chance. Move on, Shuri. It's your turn. Not a, yeah, it's it's Brewers. Uh, same thing. It's boring pick, but uh, like like Zach said, he's hit spot on those three pitchers to the bullpen. Um, they're gonna win you a ton of games alone. Hopefully, they can stay healthy. I mean, and they they have been staying healthy, but I'm just saying, like if they go down, like some pitchers go down, miss some time. This team's not that great offensively, so 
If those, as long as those pitchers stay healthy, they'll be good. And I think the other teams in the division kind of suck. So yeah, I think Cardinals the only team that could really push them. Um, all right, finishing off here, the National League West. Uh, Fagol said that this one was very easy, and this team didn't even win the division last year, and they lost Scherzer. But I'm still taking the Dodgers. I don't think the Giants can redo what they just did, and I think Tatis being out is huge. Um, I think if Tatis was healthy, I would probably pick the Padres, honestly. I think the Dodgers losing Scherzer is huge, and I don't know if I trust Kershaw to pitch an entire season, so... You're basically just putting your hopes and dreams on Bueller and Urias and the fact that Bauer will actually pitch again. But I'm still taking the Dodgers. I, uh, I'm i also going Dodgers. It was not hard for me. Um, I think the Dodgers have the best best team in baseball. I think that they, their lineup is stupid scary. Um, and I think that adding the DH, if it benefited any team in the NL right off, I think it's the Dodgers because they were so deep um, with their hitters. I do think training AJ Pollock, I said that before, but I do think that he's like a really solid back end of the guy, uh, back end of your lineup guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think it, I, they're built to, to go with that. I think Lux will get more starts now, and maybe Lux becomes the guy that we all thought he was. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> yeah, no, uh, Dodgers for sure for me. I don't think the Padres are even close to them. Uh, Dodgers, it's not really close for me. Um, I do, I do agree with you, G. I think if Tatis was healthy, I think that would made it a little bit closer. I still would have went with the Dodgers because I just think they're so deep in their lineup, and you know their staff is is very good as well. So, um, it's 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 the Dodgers. It's weird to me that the Dodgers didn't re-sign Kenley Jensen. And then they could have just kept Pollock, but now they're out. You know, it's it seems puzzling to me that that was if that was like their their goal the entire time was to get Kimbrel. It's I I I don't know. It seems it seems like a weird did, move to me. Who did, did Kenley sign with Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. So between him and Will Smith, that's a pretty nasty back end. Yeah. Yeah. It is. All right. Um. So we'll move on now to our player awards. We're going to do Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP. Show Dog, AL Rookie of the Year. Uh, oh, I can't this... imagine who he's going with. I'm actually going with Bobby fucking Witt. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, Bobby Witt, I think, is just, <clears throat> I think if I updated my prospect rankings right now, um, I don't think I realized how good Bobby Witt is. I went and, you know, I've been reading some articles about him and how good he looks during spring. And he's just like a mini version of Trout, man, to me. And he has potential to be the soup. Like, like Torkelson to me, obviously, is like just a pure hitter that you know what you're going to get and he just hits. But the superstar on Bobby Witt is through the roof. Um, so I went with Bobby Witt. I think that his numbers are going to be great. I think that he's going to bat in the front of the Royals lineup. And Torkelson, by the way, has been batting like in the eight spot. So I think that's going to be a little bit less at bats and probably less runs to drive in and make make more damage up there. So, yeah, I went with Bobby Witt. It was uh, a pretty tough call, but I don't think I think I don't think you can go wrong with either one as your mm-hmm. top choice. But uh, Bobby Witt, to me, with the uh, Electric factor, and I just think uh, the Royals will make a little bit of a run this year, and he's the main reason why. We got right, so before I realized, before he it was announced that he like fractured his foot, I actually was going to pick Riley Green. Um, <laughs> I think 
the reason why I was going to take him over with, or just say Torkelson because they're on the same team is I just think that he can impact the game a little bit more with his bat and his legs because he steals some bases, and, it, and I think he's a better fielder in the field than, than Torkelson is. But um, because he was injured, I switched it up, and I went Bobby Witt. So uh, everything Shorey said, he, he he's going to break camp, and you know you expect him to you know play in 150 games, 155 games, and probably going to rake. I'm sure he'll go through his, you know, his his valleys at some point than most rookies do, but uh, the the tools are there. It's just, he's so freaking good. So I think um, I think when these these young stud hitters first come up, they dominate for the first month or two because pitchers don't really know how to pitch them, and then they get scouting reports on them as the year goes on, and then they they start pitching them better, and they kind of slump. That's my take. I know he's getting surgery, but I'm going Shane Baz. I think this dude is freaking electric. He's probably, they're saying he could probably resume throwing tomorrow or that'd be today when this thing airs. Uh, so he's still going to be a couple weeks out. Maybe he'll start pitching um, in games in May. But I think what this dude showed us last year and what he showed us to the minors, I think he's already got that major league experience. So I'm going to take Baz. NL Rookie of the Year, Gola. So this one for me, I was kind of like, I feel like the AL, there was a lot more to choose from, Mm -hmm. um, from high end guys. Right. Uh, looking at the NL, I was kind of like all over the place where I wanted to go. Uh, but I actually settled in with Hunter green. Um, I think he is, you know, he's, he's made the rotation in Cincinnati. I I don't love the ballpark, but I think he's going to get enough innings. I think he's going to show flashes of the elite arm that he is with elite stuff. And, if he's pitching minor, uh, majority of his games in the NL uh, Central, it's not a great division. So I feel like he's going to have some favorable matchups. So I, I went with uh, Hunter Green. I went with O'Neill Cruz. Uh, my my biggest thing is that I feel like there wasn't many huge names for National League Rookie no. of the Year. And I think Cruz has the capabilities of hitting 25 to 30 homers this year. He might have a shitty batting average, but I think if he hits 25 to 30 homers, he's going to win the award because I don't think he has a lot of competition. Uh, I'm going to say someone who could also hit 25, 30 home runs, Seth Beer. I don't think he's like a, a superstar or anything like that. I don't think he's like a high on base guy. Is that who you're just, picking? Yep. Right. That is that is my pick, really. Yep. Um, so is he breaking Beer, camp? Yeah, he's supposed is he to gonna I, break? I believe. Is no, I, I'm just curious. I yeah, know. he is. I think I uh, he's uh, no news on him yet. He hasn't been sent down. So, um, and he's and he's a, like he's 25 years old as a rookie. So I mean, obviously, I think O'Neill Cruz is so much better than uh, Seth Beer. I just think that he's you know gonna go and play DH and finally that's like that's what they need. They need. A guy, I mean, he had no spot on the field, so he's just going to hit. But I think Seth Beer has potential to hit 25 home runs this year. And um, kind of have like a – what was the guy from Texas last year? Adolis uh, Garcia or – Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think it will be quite as bad on base as him or steals many bases. But, like, you know, if, you know, the, he's an older rookie, and he's just going to hit, you know, some, some serious pop there. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome this year how so many of these big prospects are actually starting the year up. I think it's huge, and they're not doing the whole service time manipulation. Unless I was part of the new CBA, I don't know. I think but. that starts next year. It's not. There's next no year. service yeah. time stipulation. Yeah. So, um, but this year they still do. It's so stupid. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Uh, next up, we got A.L. Cy Young. Ooh. I went with my boy Garrett Cole. Uh, he's finished second two out of the last three years in Cy Young, fourth in between there. So this dude's always up there. I feel like he's just a horse. He's always pitching 30 starts every year. Um, I think last year he still finished second, but he had like a big dip because of the whole spider tech incidents. But I think now he's got an entire year under his belt, learned how to pitch without it. And I think he goes back to his dominating stuff. For me, I had uh, Lucas Giolito. Um, I think that we've said it before where he's just super consistent. I think that the Red Sox blew him up last year for 10 earned runs in, a, in an inning. And if not, his ERA would have been elite. Um, and, you know, I, I I think that he makes that step forward this year. Also your guy, by the way, Kev. So um, you're mm-hmm. feeling pretty excited right now. But, no, I think that uh, – and, and then playing in, like, a bad division, like I said, that division sucks. And a lot of those games are against those teams. And he pads the stats. And he's just, you know, a consistent quality start. Nothing, like, crazy good. But he's just going to be consistent with a really low ERA, low whip, and uh, go efficiently in the games. I love the pick, dude. Yeah. Feed me. Uh, I would – I went with Cole and I will tell you like when I started like looking at this, that pitching, they like the aces, if you want to put it in quotes or whatever in the AL, there's not a lot of them. Like it's, there's not a lot to choose from. I mean, you there's probably maybe three guys, four guys at the most you can look at in the AL and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, they have a legit shot at winning it. I mean, the NL there's probably 10 of them you can make an argument for. So I went with Cole. Now uh, he's still arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, and I just think there's not a lot of guys in AL that can compete with him right now. So that's why mm-hmm. I went with him. I'm excited to see Cole opening day. I think he struggled against the Red Sox last year. He struggled during the day. And guess what? He gets the Red Sox at a 1 p.m. 1 1 p.m. game. He saw uh, day, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah it's going to be kind of uh, like, oh, if he, I feel like if he gets that monkey off his back, he could just go nuts the rest of the year. Um, but he also has potential to get rocked and then, you know, People get that in their mind, and they're not. That's what they're thinking about. So, all right, uh, show dog, National League Cy Young. I had Alcantara. Um, I just went with different guys. Um, I think that I think that the media loves people that a new name. Um, and I think that he's just a guy that's consistent. I think that Miami is a team that everyone's going to be loved. They have a lot of athletic guys. Um, and then that, uh, the you know, like I said, they're just going to be, everyone's gonna be talking about them and what they do. And I think that their, their lead pitcher is Alcantara. I think he's just going to be consistent. Um, and then he also, I think will get a bump in his caper nine, which will help. Um, he throws really hard and people will know his name by the end of the year. Uh, so, uh, Kev, you're just going to be fucking snapping them off all this. I'm taking Aaron Nola. Uh, I think. Look at him. He look at him, dude. He's laughing. He just took he just took a guy who strikes out seven and a half batters for nine. And he's no, laughing no, at no, me. No, 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 he's also laughing. probably he I'm probably picked the Marlins to fucking how, win like, the World Series too. We were about the March Madness stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, you guys are picking them." It's like, well, if we pick these guys, if the guys I pick, I know are gonna be terrible. Yeah. So maybe it's just like a reverse jinx on G, but yeah. no, I just think no. I think last year was like a fluke with Nolar. Uh, if you look at his like the previous four seasons, I think before that. His ERA was like a 3-2. Um, I think the Phillies are going to be improved this year, so his win titles will probably go up a little bit. He's going to be the ace of that. I think he's the ace of this staff. I think he's better than Zach Wheeler. Um, 
And I just think that it's going to be one of the, you know, better pitchers in baseball. He's going to have a bounce back season. So um, I'm going to go with Nola. I am going to go with Aaron Nola as well, dude. I have that guy marked down. <laughs> I, same thing. I, I think last year the biggest thing was him was that he'd get ahead of every batter. He'd be 0-2 count, and then he'd serve up a meatball for a home run. He did it to Tate Torkelson. Uh, I was kind of – I. But I'm going to say that he's just working on stuff right now, and that's not he's not him doing the same thing as last year. But I think last year he was like a super unlucky pitcher. His metrics were still really good. He just had an awful ERA. And this dude's going to be always up there for the most strikeouts in the league. So, But NL does have some horses, man. You're right on that. No, yeah, the NL is tough if you look at it. I mean, it's like oh, mm-hmm. the two guys, really the three guys in Milwaukee, a couple guys with the Dodgers, yep. the two guys in New York. I, um, I was actually tempted to go with Scherzer. I was too. Like I weren't I weren't sure if he was gonna like with they yeah. say he may miss a few stars. I just I don't know. He's yeah. and he if he if he still starts like thirty games, twenty eight games, he very well could win it. Yeah. I, that was my I initial almost, thought. But. Me too. I almost went with him too. But like the injury scares me and him being thirty seven, yeah. thirty eight already. Who knows how he responds to injuries? So yeah. Yeah. Um Fagola, you can lead us off with this one. I think we all know who you're taking for AL MVP. You guys will be sadly mistaken because I am not taking my man, Vladdy. Are you trying to do a little, like, uh, fucking reverse psychology here? What's going no, on? He's on that. I'm not. No. Just, I'm you upset with your team so much you don't want to put on it? No. Listen, this is why. I said this earlier that I think the Chicago White Sox could be one of the best teams in baseball, and I'm taking Luis Robert to win the MVP wow. this year. I think Robert's, if Robert plays in 100 and, you know, if he plays 145, 150 games, he could be a 30-30 guy. He could hit around 300. I think if the White Sox are uh, one of the better teams in the American League and Robert plays 150 games, he is going to win the AL MVP. I like I like Robert's potential. I just Robert, don't know if he's, yeah. if he's there yet. I don't, he rhymes I'm, with uh, just, Puig. No, you, you have your... Yeah. <laughs> You um, just took Alcantara for the Cyan, dude. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. I <laughs> am taking Vladdy for MVP. Um, this dude, for the next 10 years, is going to be a triple crown threat every single year because not only can he just hit dick slaps for homers, but like his batting average is right there at the top. Like I think he might have won triple crown this year if it wasn't for Salvi Perez just going bonkers. But uh, give me Vladdy. I feel like Vladdy is going to win a couple MVPs in his career. I was also going to pick Vladdy, and I'm going to change it up a little bit. And like right now, just because I heard it, I want to give a different name. But I think the engine that makes that team go is George Springer. And as crazy as this is... You're going to laugh at me about Luis Robert and you take Springer. Springer's at least I proven. I love Springer. Don't get me wrong. I love Springer. Springer's proven. Proven to play about 40 games in a season, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, <clears throat> no, he's been hurt a lot lately. But I think that he is the engine that makes that go. He's batting leadoff. He's going to score like 130 runs. He's going to hit like 35 home runs and uh, probably close to 100 RBIs. I'm, I just think that, you know, like I said, I think if I had my money on somebody, it would be Vladdy. Um, but I think George Springer is just a great name to be out there. I think that he's going to be good energy for these young guys. There's a lot of young guys there. And uh, I think he's the engine that makes him go. I, I think well, what, like if Springer plays a full season, that's one thing that's going to hurt Vladdy and Springer because I feel like Bo, Bo probably won't win an MVP, but his name's going to be stealing votes. And I think if you have three guys who are stealing votes from each other, that like opens the door for mm-hmm. other players to sneak in, like Otani, you know, and so. 
Well, and that's just like just like kind of piggybacking off what you said, and like the big thing. I've I've owned Springer. I had Springer in fantasy the last like three or four years. Love the guy. It was frustrating as all hell because he missed so much time. But kind of going with what you're saying, if he ever played a full season, I mean, his last each of his last three seasons, his full season pace is 48 homers, 124, 115, and mm-hmm. seven steals. It, yeah, it's just he he puts up absolutely ridiculous numbers if he plays he just yep, never yeah. stays on the field so i love springer um but i agree with what kev said i think with him and bichette and vladdy i just think there's there's a lot of mvp 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 votes to go around on that team mm-hmm. and i think most of them are going to go to vladdy and bichette yeah yep um all right national league mvp man i couldn't i feel like i changed this a couple times and i just couldn't get it uh but I am going to go with Freddie Freeman. I think him hitting third probably in that Dodgers lineup is super scary, man. Uh, I just think he's going to put up monster numbers. And they generally give the MVP award to the team who has the best record, it seems like, except for last year because Otani just had an absolutely unheard of season. So I think they generally goes to the better teams and Dodgers are going to be the best team probably. So. It's going to sound like I'm stealing guys from your team, but I'm actually going to go with Mookie Betts. I think he just comes back, come back monster year. I don't know what it is, but I think he's going to hit 30 home runs uh, and close to 15 stolen bases. I think he's going to be batting leadoff in front of Trey Turner um, from what I've read, and they're going to let him run. And he's going to score, again, 100 plus 115 runs. Um, I, I, I'm just such a big fan of Mookie, and when he's on, he is the best in baseball, in my opinion. And uh, big, another, I went with two older guys, um, mm-hmm. and and I, yeah, I, I think Mookie is the also the engine that makes the Dodgers go this year. Uh, I'm going with Soto. I think that the Major League Baseball set a precedent. Like I agree with you that they tend to like kind of lean towards good teams, but you look at, they gave the MVP to show Hey, last year, Mike Trotz won three of them and never played on the best team. Mm-hmm. I think Soto is arguably the best hitter in baseball or the best player in baseball period. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to be in a similar situation to Trout. The nationals are going to be complete dog shit. And I think that Soto is going to be one, two in the MVP voting for years to come. And that's very difficult for me to say because the NL is fucking loaded with young talent. You got Acuna, Tatis, if he can ever play a full goddamn year. Um, Everyone in the Dodgers, think, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, and I, I just think that the uh, – I just think Soto is just so, I, so, so good. I put Soto down originally, and then I felt like the Nationals are going to win about 52 games this season. So I figured that I couldn't I couldn't put him as most valuable if they're winning 50 games. That's just I, my take on it. I literally had him in and erased him. Yeah. But, like, I thought about bets. I thought about Trey Turner. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Tatis could – I mean, yeah, Tatis could miss fucking two months and still be in the conversation because he just puts up electric numbers. Like, I almost thought about putting Acuna. Yeah, it's – loaded so all right now we're into the playoffs so we're only going to do uh the two teams that make the alcs the two teams that make the nlcs then we're going to say who's making the world series and then obviously the champion um show dog alcs which two teams you got playing in the alcs you bring it up. Um, <clears throat> I have the Blue Jays. So although I had the Rays winning the division, I have the Blue Jays and the LCS against the Angels. Angels. Wow. 
Go win. <laughs> You've got uh, it. Dude, the Angels. Uh, listen, listen. I I would love to see it because I think like Trout has paid his dues, right? <laughs> like he's paid his dues. This dude needs. He's never made the playoffs, has he? Ever? Once he made the playoffs once. Made his once. Okay, and probably a first round exit. Yeah, it was. So, I would love it. It'd be great for baseball because like Trout and Otani are probably the two biggest like stars, if you can say that, even though they suck at marketing. But I'd love to see it. Well, who you got? I have. I also have Toronto, but I have them playing the uh, White Sox. Funny you say that because I have the Blue Jays also playing the White Sox. So, yeah. <laughs> so Good they're stuff. doomed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both miss playoffs. <laughs> All right. NLCS goal. Who you got? I have the Dodgers and I have Milwaukee. So I have Milwaukee and the Dodgers as well. <laughs> you guys are boring. <laughs> you guys are so boring. I got the Dodgers as well, but they're playing the Phillies led by Ace Aaron Nola. Woo! Let's go, Cy Young. I like it, dude. All right, we are in to the World Series. In the World Series, I have the Toronto Blue Jays playing against the Milwaukee Brewers. I think the Brewers' top three is just absolutely primed for playoffs. I don't even care if their batting order gets them one run a game. I feel like those three guys with their bullpen is primed. Show Doug. So you got Milwaukee winning it all. We haven't got there yet, man. Oh, wait, what did you just say? I just said that Who it's you... Blue Jays, Blue Jays and the Brewers in the, in the world series. Oh, you were just... winning it. oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have the Brewers winning it all. Yes. You're right. Gotcha. I got, uh, I got the Dodgers playing the angels, uh, battle of LA. I have the Dodgers whooping in four games, the angels ass. Did you just say something about us being so like boring or something? Because we just kept... picked the Dodgers. Jesus Christ, dude! And the Angels. Yeah, we know that's gonna okay. be wrong. <laughs> they're not even gonna. They're not even gonna make the playoffs. <laughs> I know, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing it to be original. You fucking idiot! All right, so I, I, I also have the Milwaukee Brewers representing the National League. But I have the Chicago White Sox in the from the AL, and despite their manager being a jackass, I have the Chicago White Sox winning the World Series. Oh, nice, cool. we, each, we each got a team, a big dude. Side guy. We each got a I team just, in I, there. I just I like the Shy Sox. I think that's a weak fucking division. And uh, so we didn't do it. But does that mean that you think that Tony Larusa is going to win Manager of the Year? Yeah, he does. No, he no. Does. Yes, he does. No, you know who's the man? I don't even know who's the manager of Seattle. They're gonna get in the playoffs, and he's gonna win it. Is it surveys or something like that? Scott? Oh, I have no idea. Um, so Shuri probably thinks that. Uh, is it Joe Madden still in the Angels? No. Yeah, it is. Oh, Matt. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking yeah. of Socha, but yeah, no, it's Madden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Scott, Scott Surveys. Yeah. He's gonna win it. I think he's gonna win manager of the year. I actually hope that the White Sox struggle a little out of the gate and the freaking they fire him. <laughs> and you know it's not another realm of possibility. Like Larusa comes down with some goddamn health ailment and he like can't manage because he's like 107. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so we got uh, Showdog taking the Dodgers, Gola taking the White Sox, KG taking the Brewers. Mark it down. None of those three teams are going to even probably make nope. the fucking World Series. So. Nope. All right, we got a trade, Showdog? We got a trade grade? Uh, I wrote it down here. Hold on. It's coming. Oh, I, I got it right it here. Yep. It is uh, Cody Bellinger for Bobby Dahlbeck. Um and a and a junk pick, a late a, round pick. A relevant pick. Yeah. Um, but I think this is uh key this is for a keeper league. Um I think this is a interesting trade because I mean obviously long term Bellinger has so much more uh value. But if you ask me to put my money on who would have the better year for 2022, I actually think Bobby Dahlbeck would. Um, so I think Dahlbeck's a little bit safer. I think he's probably locked in for 25 home runs and probably a better on base than uh, Cody Bellinger. But um, if, if you're taking a shot that Bellinger and you have the, the uh, ability to do it and you have the roster spots uh, to do it, uh, take the shot that Bellinger bounces back. I think that both teams did well. I think that uh, an A minus for both for both teams. I, I like it. Um, what do you guys think? If there's ever going to be uh, a buy low situation, it's got to mm-hmm. be Bellinger, right? Yeah, he's the per- prime example of a buy low. Yep. Yeah, I think this is like an extremely this is an extreme situation where you're really selling low on Bellinger. I don't like Dahlback as much as you guys do. I think he. I think the pops there. But I, I still think he's like a 230 hitter that's going to get on base like a 300 clip. And I just don't love that. Um, but and when you look at what Be- if Bellinger figures it out, I mean, he's been awful this spring. He's like striking out like was like 70 percent or something like that. Um, so I don't know what's going on with him, but I just think that this is I think you probably whoever traded Bellinger could have probably gotten a little more for him, even if they were selling low than Dahlbeck. Um, I- what? Uh, what scares me about Dahlbeck too is like is Duran. Duran's is he a first baseman, right? No, he's outfielder. Who's the other? Who's the other guy oh, they have Cases. coming up? Cases. Yeah, Cases. Cases. That's right. Cases could push him out of a job, you know. Come, yep. come a few months from now. He has so. played a little bit of outfield, I think, in the spring, and he he does play. He came up actually playing third base too, but I mean, obviously that's blocked by Devers. But mm-hmm. he, so yeah, he could be pushed to a utility role. One thing I, I, I saw. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna no, I was just gonna say you guys mentioned Devers. That I was very tempted to pick him for the AL MVP. No yeah. doubt. I I just I freaking love him so. Goddamn I just didn't want to jinx him. <laughs> That's yeah. all I didn't want to do. I actually picked players that I hate. I was gonna say about Bellinger. <laughs> last year, Bellinger had four starts at first base, so he didn't gain that eligibility. That's a tough one. But, yeah. That's that. That's all we got um, this week. I know we're going to do our next episode on Wednesday. We're going to do another list like we had the beer list. Um, and then we'll talk about a little bit about opening day. Um, and, and then uh, and then I well, after that, it will be like in season. Hopefully we're ta- yeah, and hopefully we're talking about North Carolina winning their <sighs> seventh title. We will be talking about the Natty. Um, shout yep. out Natty Light again one more time. Yes, sir. Um, yep. Our number one sponsor right now. Man, it's so exciting when this when the the that episode drops. Not this one. The next one, man. It's opening day, dude. It's so exciting. Yeah, finally, one of the best feelings. Um, but hey, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and when you listen to episodes, please give us a, a rating. Uh, the, the, these help 
big time. They get our name out there. Um, and then even if you want to drop a comment and, and let us know about the episode, maybe there's something you want to hear us do, um, grade something different, talk about something different, give us a list on something different. Um, we, we've had a few suggestions. Um, it's been great. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you. And we'll look forward to hearing, uh, talking to you guys and uh, dropping another episode on Thursday. Woo. Peace. Thanks, guys. Yeah.